Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Welcome to Light the Lamp. I am your host, Alexis Downey from the Paul Korea studio. The end of the week is here, and there's been a lot of exciting action happening around the NHL this week. Now for the Anaheim Ducks, they are still continuing on their road trip with just one game remaining, that being the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday afternoon. The team has dropped the four games so far as a part of the five-game road trip, still looking for that first road victory. Between the Islanders, Rangers, Devils, and Bruins last night, losing 2-1 to one in overtime. But there are a lot of positives coming out of last night's game despite the loss, a point being one of them. And the Ducks also had their best game of the season, falling in a shootout with Taylor Hall netting the Bruins game winner. So let's get to AD's takeaways from the night. Well, the Ducks limited the Bruins to only one goal, which was huge with the offensive success that Boston has found so far this season. The Ducks showed strong defense in checking in the zone, which was definitely a positive sign. The penalty kill also looked strong. In particular, during the Bruins' second power play, the Ducks were able to limit them to no shots during that one, completely killing it off. In the net, John Gibson looked good, stopping 35 of 36 shots. And on the offensive end, Frank Vetrano netting the only goal of the night for the Ducks, but it was a good one with a rocket of a shot. Now, puck drop for Sunday's tilt in Detroit is at 2 p.m. Pacific time with pregame beginning on Duckstream at 1.30. The Ducks hoping to come home with one win from the road. On Wednesday, I introduce the brand new segment, Coast to Coast. This segment will bring you goal calls from around the NHL and analysis of other big news from teams in the league. So let's get to it now, beginning with a game from Wednesday night between the St. Louis Blues and Seattle Kraken. The Blues had a 3-1 lead in the first period, but the Kraken were able to find a way to fight back. A turnover by Seattle behind the net found the Blues with the puck before Justin Falk wristed in the winner. Hear the goal call now by Chris Kerber. And Thomas gets it back in front. Falk shoots. He scores! Bring out the Zamboni in Seattle. Falk scores the game winner in overtime. 4-3 the final with 2.50 to go in overtime. A two-goal game for Justin Falk and the Blues get two tonight. Now Thursday night saw a fuller slate of games, so here are a couple of my favorites. The Canadians faced off against the Arizona Coyotes. Number one pick in this year's NHL draft, Yurov Slavkovsky netted his first NHL goal in the second period. Really exciting for him. Additionally, Nick Suzuki had an opportunity to take a penalty shot late in the second period for the Canadians. This goal was one of the best of the year so far. I know it's only been a week so far with the season, but this goal, you didn't want to miss it. So listen to the call now from TSN 690. Picks it up, goes wide on the right side. Suzuki moves in. Oh, my goodness. He just lobbed that one in on the glove side. That is a cheeky goal. Montreal is now 3-2 on the season after that 6-2 victory Thursday night. 
The Buffalo Sabres have continued their strong start to the season with another win on Thursday night, this time against the Calgary Flames. Alex Tuck had a hat trick on the night. It was his first career hat trick. Listen to the call by Calgary Flames radio play-by-play, -play, Derek Wills. And now Tuck will pick it up, skate it out to center, shoot to the empty net, and score. Alex Tuck with his third goal of the hockey game. And that will just about ice it for the Sabres as they have taken a 6-3 lead. The Sabres are now 3-1 and, and looking more impressive than they have in a while. And the last calls of the episode come from the Minnesota Wild and Vancouver Canucks game on Thursday night. Minnesota has struggled this season on the back end with goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury. However, he showed out last night, making an awesome save late in the third period with the Canucks on the power play. It was a huge stop. And credit to Minnesota Wild's Joe O'Donnell on the radio for this call. JT Miller, high slot, left circle, shot, big rebound. Fleury had a fight off the second chance from Horvat, and he's able to get a whistle. Maybe that'll get Marc-Andre Fleury going, Tom. With this game going to overtime, it was only fitting that Kirill the Thrill Kaparisov netted the winner as he likes to do in dazzling fashion. More from this call. Back to Zuccarello, right circle, a head fake, waiting, down low, Kaprizov. He's got a short side angle if he wants it. Fire one, it ricocheted back to him. No whistle, he's got an empty net, he scores! Kirill Kaprizov wins it in overtime, and the Wild rep of the homestand, getting a huge win over the Canucks. 4-3 the final here in St. Paul. Now there are a couple additional pieces of news this week from around the NHL. The biggest one and maybe most controversial that likes to get the fans talking on Twitter. The reverse retro jerseys were unveiled on Thursday around the league. If you haven't checked them out, make sure to by going to the Ducks Twitter to see the Anaheim Ducks jersey. It features the old logo with new colors. I'm certainly a fan of it and a couple other teams that I also like I like the Canucks jersey with the old Johnny Canuck logo, the Bruins jersey with the bear, and the Pittsburgh Penguin jersey with the Robo Penguin. Let me know if you have a favorite or if you don't like any of them, because that's okay too. <laughs> also, a kind of cool story done by Ryan Clark on ESPN.com this week. Jerry Bruckheimer, an award-winning producer, is one of the Seattle Kraken's majority owners. When they were looking for a new song this year as a part of their pregame experience, Jerry called up one of his friends, his friend being Hans Zimmer, the famous composer who wrote songs for productions like Pirates of the Caribbean and Interstellar. The Kraken now have an eight-minute soundtrack from Hans Zimmer, who is a two-time Oscar winner and a four-time Grammy winner. Pretty cool to say that that's where your music is from. And speaking of great music, I have to throw this in here. Taylor Swift dropped her new album, Midnights, today. I'm just saying, I've listened to it while I've been in the studio this morning, and I'm a fan of it. And back to hockey with the Anaheim Ducks on the road, I thought it was only fitting to have our first road report of the season. Team reporter on Valley Sports SoCal, Ali Lozoff, jumped on Light the Lamp in this next segment to give updates while the team is out of town. Plus, she shared with me more of her journey to get to the Ducks. Listen now. Let's welcome into Light the Lamp our very own Anaheim Ducks reporter on Bally Sports SoCal, Allie Lozoff. Allie, great to have you join us from the road for the first time here on Duck Stream. Hi, Alexis. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
So I like to do this with a lot of my guests. Uh, when fans are listening, you know, not everyone knows our ba- the people's background from some of our reporters and talent and everyone. So let's take it back a little bit and tell fans where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. But can I first just take it back even further? Because this is the first time you and I really get to chat. And I just want to say, I think it's so important, you know, for women to support and empower each other. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that you are the face of this exciting new platform. I think you're doing, you know, terrific work. I've listened to all of your podcasts. I'm a big fan so far. Thank you so much you know, continued success. And I, I really look forward to more and welcome to the team. Welcome to the family. You're Absolutely. officially part of our family now. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah, I'm giving you a hug from the road <laughs> in Boston, um, ahead of game day. Um, and it's been a long one. I can give you sort of a, a real, a real quick kind of introduction to me. I, um, was born and raised in Montreal and I, I have found my way into hockey through probably a really unconventional route. Um, those who have uh, stuck around and known me throughout my journey will will remember that I started out um, as a lawyer and, and an attorney back at home, and I kind of had a dual life where I was moonlighting um, for the Montreal Canadiens at first and then uh, started my career with Sportsnet up in Canada. And uh, and I, I ended up in live television and I really love, love what I do. And it's my passion and I'm grateful to be able to do it now in sunny California. And where did the interest in switching to broadcasting come from? Uh, opportunity, I would say, you know, I just was raised to always sort of, you know, if a door opens and an opportunity comes to just take it and try it, uh, you know, if the door is, is shut, then jump through a window kind of thing. So I just had a really <laughs> strong um, upbringing where I, I was kind of instilled this confidence from, from starting with my grandma, I'll, I'll say. She always used mm. to tell me, I remember from when I was a little girl, aim high, never aim low. The higher you aim, the higher you go. That was her, her advice for me, and it always stuck with me. And so, um, you know, anytime someone would present me with an opportunity, I would, I would always t- try and take it and try it. And, and that's the best way I can say, especially to young people who are interested um, and aren't sure what they want to do with their careers and their lives is you, you, sometimes you really never know until you try something that mm-hmm. you'll, that you'll love it. Um, and I was really lucky to always be surrounded with people who would challenge me. And sometimes people would say, Hey, have you ever thought of this? You might be great at that. And I honestly, many times would say, no, I have, I didn't even, there's things I've done in my life. I didn't even, or careers or I've tried that I didn't even know existed. And then after doing them really uh, fell in love with it. And this, in this case, someone said, Hey, um, you know, do you want to uh, try a live broadcast? And I said, yeah, Yeah. I do. (laughs) I, I would love to try that. And I, it was exhilarating and it was exactly what I feel like I was meant to do. And, and it really just um, was the start for me of, of knowing that this was my passion. Now, growing up in Montreal, were you a fan of hockey as well, too? Was that how your interest in the sport began? Is anyone who grew up in Montreal not <laughs> hockey, Alexis? I really, really <laughs> that's fair. Not, you know, I think it's kind of in your blood. It's, it's sort of uh, part of part of the culture. And it's kind of ingrained in you from birth I think you know you're born with skates some mm-hmm. people say in, in, uh, in Montreal um, you know for me I can remember 
it's it's sort of amazing. And I I was I was actually just talking with my mom about this recently because my mom is is my number one fan. She's my hero. Uh, we can get into that a little later on, but um, we were just talking about it. You know where where this love for hockey came from and. Obviously, my brother played, um, I figure skated, my brother played hockey, and I was always, you know, tagging along to to all of his games and practices, because that's how you do it when you have a family, you know, one car and a family of four, that's what, that's what happens. Um, but, but beyond that, I remember my love of, you know, the performing arts kind of paralleled with this, because she reminded me I got my first lead role in grade six in our in our musical <laughs> of my fair lady i was eliza doolittle <laughs> google didn't exist alexis so don't try to look anything oh, okay up. <laughs> but but um i at the same time she said do you remember your binder i had this obviously my script was in a binder i was in grade six i doodled all over it and and front and center on my binder was number 11 saku koivu and apparently i had a slight obsession at that time <laughs> with him uh, he had just you know been drafted by the montreal canadians i don't want to give away my age but you could probably look that up now and tell how, how old i was if i was in grade six at that time but uh but so it kind of you know saku really probably started to ignite my passion and my excitement for the montreal canadians um, it was a treat to be able to actually go to a game, you know, in Montreal growing up, it's very expensive for a family of four to go see a game. So we'd always look forward to that so much. And I have such great memories growing up of the times that we did get to go as a family, but more often than not, it was like, you know, a trade trade off either. If my brother went the last game, then I got to go the next <laughs> game with my, with my dad. Um, and, and it just, uh, it just kind of grew from there. Now, with your career, you were previously with the Vegas Golden Knights and then found your way to the Anaheim Ducks. How did that happen? How did you come to Anaheim and how much has it meant for you to be a part of the Ducks? You know, I it's it's meant everything to to me and to my family. I don't want to get too emotional. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip of water here, but um, maybe you might not know, but uh, and our fans certainly might not be aware, but I was supposed to come and uh, fulfill this role and be with the Ducks in 2014, um, prior okay. to me ever even, prior to the Golden Knights even existing. Uh, and I had an extreme life event happen to our family that year. My mom, very sadly, had a, a massive brain aneurysm that resulted in a stroke. And she, it was, you know, super sudden. She was 56 years old at the time and like super active, you know, beautiful, fun, vibrant woman. And it just really changed our worlds uh, overnight. And the Ducks family was incredible to me and supported me that whole, you know, season. They held my position for me. And if I was going to be able to come out and and uh, do it. But I, I just at the time made the t decision to stay home and, and take mm -hmm. care of my mom and, and help her through her rehab as best I could um, and, and help her, you know, in any way I could be there for her. Uh, I just wasn't ready to leave. And so it put everything kind of on the back burner. And for a long time, really, I didn't know whether I would come back at all. I, I, I when I was ready to re-enter the workforce, I wasn't, I still wasn't ready to be far away from her. So I, that's where I told you someone close to me said, Hey, you know, have you ever heard of this, um, a position as director of development with a foundation? And I honestly didn't even know that position existed at the time, mm -hmm. but 
lo and behold, it was a passion for me. I ended up working for, um, you know, the two different nonprofit organizations and had a great year entering the workforce slowly. And then, of course, when I wanted to be back on TV and I missed hockey, you know, I just missed everything about what I had done previously. Uh, the Golden Knights, um, you know, were, were looking for someone and it was just a magical, magical experience for me to be a part of that in their first two seasons. And, you know, full circle, the Ducks were, um, you know, reaching out to me to be able to finally come and do what I was meant to do from the start. And it was just an obvious decision for our family. We couldn't be happier uh, raising our daughter in, in Anaheim Hills where we live and having the support of the team and the, the really the family that that is the Ducks. And uh and so I'm glad that it all kind of worked out. And my mom actually still, she she's always called it, you know, my second family. And she's just so happy for us to be here with them. And she's met everybody that I work with and everyone always keeps tabs on her and her journey and how she's doing. So it's been really special for us. Definitely very special. And it's funny how things always seem to work out in some way, you know? Well, and, and not only that, it's funny, you, you're asking me about my love for hockey and my journey and, you know, I'm talking about my family and my daughter. And, and I have to tell you that, you know, for a Montreal fan, it's, it's a hard hockey journey growing up in Montreal, being a Habs <laughs> fan during the time that I've been a Habs fan. And, but, and then, and we talked about this really briefly today, but mm -hmm. because you were there, you know, when Montreal lost in the finals two years ago, I want to just tell you, Alexis, that I was in like full blown con having contractions in my living room, <laughs> refusing to go to the hospital to give birth to my daughter until <laughs> that game was over. Wow. And my husband was saying to me, are you nuts? We need you're going to have our baby. On the <laughs> floor. We don't leave right now. And I was that big of a dedication you know, I, I, I had that much hope and and that dedicated that I I waited until after Tampa Bay had won the <laughs> hospital so well you talk about your daughter I mean how special is it to raise her in Anaheim and her to you know have this SoCal lifestyle you know I don't want her to get go too soft we, we're gonna have to plan a trip somewhere with snow this winter so <laughs> she knows what it is because She's so lucky so far. She's um, she's just the light of our lives. My my mom and all of my husband's family got to meet her this summer when we traveled back home to Montreal. My mom had met her previously, but she got to spend more time with her um, and my dad too. And it's just it was just really special to be there. Obviously, it's a different. It, it's such a different. I I look at you know Great Park Ice and I and every time I go out there, I'm so amazed by how many kids are just filling those sheets of ice every day from morning till night. It's, it's just incredible. The opportunities in terms of, you know, ice skating and what she'll, she'll be able to experience here in Southern California. It was a concern. Honestly, I, I wasn't sure. I thought like, how am I going to instill this love of hockey and this love of ice skating and this love of all winter sports? But mm -hmm. it appears that that will be an easy thing <laughs> to do here in Southern California. Um, and as far as hockey, I mean, I think maybe because I was pregnant during a full season and she experienced it like within me, she already loves it. She's mesmerized Aww. whenever the puck drops and, uh, and she watches as much as she can before bedtime. So it's, it's fantastic. Now I'm sure being on the road and away from her is a little bit difficult, but what has the, give us an inside look at being on the road. Uh, for people that don't know what what that lifestyle is like, 
Yeah, you know what? It, and it's actually really nice. I've found that um, on this team in particular, and again, it, it's 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 like a family, really, the organization. Everyone's uh, checking in on each other all the time. But what's really nice, too, because I'm on the road again, and for a period of time, we weren't able to travel with the team. And I, I really did miss it. I love travel, first and foremost. I think you have to to, mm-hmm. to do the job to be a rinkside reporter. Um, and I've always loved travel. I've traveled to 30 different countries in my life. I, I, I can't wow. wait to travel some more. My husband and I try to be, you know, in a different place where we've never been every year on our anniversary. Um, and so traveling, first and foremost, is a love and passion of mine. So I, I enjoy that. Being away from family is tough, um, but what I find really, really has been helpful is so many of the players have young families mm-hmm. and young kids, and so you know we are able to to bond over those types of things as well. It's not strict hockey talk, you know. I'm able to get advice on you know uh, whether it's feeding from Jacob Silverberg, giving <laughs> tips on on feedings, and and you know eventually diaper training and and potty training. John Gibson's going through it right now. So, you know, it's, it's something, um, that I, I just feel I, I can be open with and I don't, you know, think it's a hindrance to be able to involve my family in my career. It's really nice to have the balance of both. Um, but yeah, life on the road is, is, is not as glamorous as, uh, <laughs> as fans may think, you know, oftentimes we're, we're traveling late after games, um, from one city to the next arriving, you know, either very late at night or very early the next morning, checking into the hotel uh, and then back at it the next day at either practice or morning skate. Um, And the downtime in between, at least for me, I've spent prepping for my on-air, you know, duties for the game night. And so it's, it's really a grind, but um, Hey, you know, as long as I can, as long as I can do it, I will. It's fantastic. I I couldn't ask for a, a cooler experience as a hockey fan growing up. I've been in every single arena multiple times now, uh, with the exception of Seattle, which we only have gotten to travel to once, but we'll be there again soon. Now, with the road trip that you're on right now, do you have a favorite city that you've gotten to be in thus far? Yeah, he, you know, it's um, it's a really unique trip. And usually we do this one in December, closer to Christmas. But fans might not know that we actually stay in the same hotel for a week when we play um, the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, which is unique. Usually, uh, some teams don't. Some I've you know I've worked with other teams that that will stay in different cities for that trip. But the Ducks um, stay in one place, which is it's the only time really the in the year that we ever get to do that. So you kind of have a home base in New York for that time, which is really nice um, um, for anyone who travels you know to four or five cities in five or six nights they'll know it's it's sometimes you wake up and you don't you're wondering where where am I <laughs> what city am I in what day is it uh, you, you know it can be kind of uh, exhausting that way but I love New York we had a great we had great weather there I was you know I was cycling outside every day in a tent outside our hotel our, our hotel oh. so it was, the weather was great for that um, I love Boston where we are now too but uh, we also aren't um, accompanying them on the next leg to Detroit. So we'll be back in, in Southern California tomorrow, and that'll be nice to be back home. Now, you've been working with this Bally crew for a couple seasons now. What is the best part about getting to work with the crew, and what is the chemistry like between you guys? Oh, man, it's so awesome. I think the best part is just 
feeling so confident in my role because I know that nothing will ever go wrong. I know I shouldn't say that because then of course, like tonight, everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> Hopefully what, not. I mean, what I mean is just that there, it's just, it's such a, a seasoned group of professionals that I got. It's almost, I'm, I'm just so lucky that I got to join this group that's been working together in their positions in their respective roles for years. It's such a well-oiled machine that um, I just, I feel like I can do so much more with what I do without having to worry um, whether, you know, anyone's going to miss, uh, miss a beat because no one ever does. Um, and they're always there to support each other and to support me and what I do. It's, it's just fabulous. It's, it, it couldn't be a better environment, um, you know, for, for somebody like me and it, and it really allows my, my personality to, to shine. I I'm able to be myself and be, you know, comfortable and be confident because everybody that I work with is also. Now let's take a look at where the team is at now on the road. As we're recording this tonight, you're in Boston ahead of the Bruins matchup, but looking at the numbers so far, Troy Terry leads the team in points with six points through four games right now. How much of a leader has he been for this group? So it's the road has been tough on this group period, mm -hmm. uh, which is obvious from, from the numbers, but mm -hmm. Troy Terry has just, been Troy Terry. I don't know how else to, to say that. I mean, everybody who watches our broadcast knows that I have endless great things to say about him. And what I've seen since he joined the Ducks organization is just this tremendous personal growth and how he's matured as a, a young man growing into this leadership role with the group to where, you know, he came in and was a little tentative and questioning and second guessing himself. And even in our conversations in the locker room on game days or post game, you could sense that he would was going to, to go over every mistake and go, you know, re relive it um, throughout his evening day and next day. Whereas now I think he puts it the puts it behind him rather quickly. I mean, there's nothing yet to put behind him. He's doing great so far this season, but mm. He's just matured so much off the ice as well mentally that I think he's ready to take that leadership role in this group. Now, he's still obviously very young. Mm -hmm. um, however, I, I mean, his voice is being heard. Now he's got the performance to back it up. I think he's a great role model. He works hard. He's passionate. Um, and he's so well-spoken. I think he's, he's really going to be a great influence in that room. Another one of those leaders in the room is head coach Dallas Akins. He has meant so much to the team. What has his message been through this road trip and through these tough games that they've had so far? Uh, be better. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. he just said that. He, he, and really, I mean, well, like that's a quote. You know, mm -hmm. he said it today yeah. again. They want to be better every day. Um, obviously, he wants them to minimize their mistakes. Um, and he doesn't show their mistakes to embarrass anybody or embarrass any one player. He really shows it, them um, their mistakes for the opportunity to learn and get better. Uh, so, you know, in talking with him today, a lot of those mistakes that they've made have been individual. A lot of them are happening at the end of shifts. And so that's where they need to get better at managing the game better. I think the players resonate with with his messaging I you know I talked with Cam Fowler today and he just spoke of Dallas as being always a motivator and you know he believes in structure 
And he believes that when they get themselves going as individuals, they can, you know, in turn help the team out Mm -hmm. as a collective group. So that's the main focus right now, just getting themselves checked in and in line. And one thing that Kevin Shattenkirk was telling me today that he's really great at is just keeping an even keel and not panicking, which is so important because, you know, it's still game five of the season. And so he's just reiterating to the group that they've got the people, they've got the systems in place and they just need to keep executing. And so that's the most important thing, just believing in that locker room and what they're putting out on the ice. Now, one of the really cool stories that we've seen so far in this season, Pavel Regenda making the Ducks roster two points in three games that he's played in so far. He had a really strong preseason. Can you talk about what his story and journey to the team has been? Definitely. I I love his story and his journey. You know, he's quiet. Um, He's doing such a great job. It's been, you know, a challenge, the language and everything, him Mm -hmm. coming over here. There's been a lot thrown at him in such a short period of time, and he's handling it so well. And uh, Cam Fowler was, you know, talking with me about him today, just telling me how he's so eager to learn. And he's always talking with the older, older veterans on the team, like Kevin Shattenkirk and Adam Henrique. And so he's just a really great young, young player and he's doing such a great job for them so far. I've talked with him briefly um, here and there whenever I can. And, you know, he told me about growing up and how he really, how he idolized Marion Hossa and he had Mm. dreams of playing in the NHL, but he, you know, at the same time, he also told me, frankly, one, 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 uh, skate when I was, you know, having a private conversation with him that he just really never thought he could make it here. He, he never wow. e- even thought that it would be a possibility mm-hmm. and ne- like certainly not the NHL, let alone, you know, the AHL or anywhere else in North America. So, you know, he's just really soaking it in and I, for, for him to be in that position at that, that young age, I think he's doing a great job, you know, keeping his head on his shoulders and managing to perform well at the same time. He's got a lot of support back at home, but back at home is far away. So, you know, right. it's difficult. It's difficult, but he's, his dreams are really coming true for him right here, right now, which is really cool to, to watch and be a part of. Actually, we were at MSG and, you know, you, you get, Z and McTavish going into MSG when we arrive, trying to soak it all in before anyone gets in the arena. And I did, I do the same thing. I I love going into the arenas on the road when they're empty. Mm -hmm. And I love just taking a moment. I, sometimes I stand there, I, I, I look all around and then I even like close my eyes, take a deep breath and think this is so amazing. I try to take (laughs) it in before anyone else is in the building. I I think we're so lucky to have that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. so when I saw Pavel Regenda, you know, in the hallway, warming up, I said, Hey, you know, have you gone out there? Have you walked into Madison Square Garden yet? It's your first time, you know, going to play here. Did you take it all in? And he just said, Nope. Uh (laughs) I don't go out into the arenas before the game. And I thought to myself, okay, you know, if that's your process, Mm -hmm. if that's your process, then I respect it. I, I, you know, I remember in Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury's process was, you know, the opposite. He would go and sit in the stands by himself for a, you know, a, mi- a couple of minutes in every arena. And mm-hmm. I asked him about it once. I obviously not, did not approach him in the process. You want to respect an athlete's <laughs> right. process. Absolutely. But I asked him afterwards, you know, what are you doing out there? Like, you know, what, you have at a moment meditating with me. And he said, I'm, I'm visualizing the win. Like I'm visualizing the game. I'm visualizing the game I want to have. 
And I, I love that. I mean, I have tremendous respect for him as an athlete. I think he's one of the most incredible athletes that I've had the pleasure of interviewing. And, um, and so it was just different to, to hear Regenda say that and say that he's not going to go in any, any arenas before he, he actually sets foot on the ice. I, I respect it. If that's what's going to work for him right now at this age and stage of his career, then, then good for him. You know, everyone has their own process. That's awesome that he's kind of finding his way as he works into the NHL. Allie, thank you for joining me here on Light the Lamp. We'll have to have you back soon and throughout this whole season on DuckStream. I can't wait. Thanks, Alexis. Thank you. It's time for my final quack for this episode where I share my last thoughts before closing out the show. Tonight is the home opener for our American Hockey League affiliate, the San Diego Gulls. The team is 1-1 one one after beginning their season last week on the road in Grand Rapids, Michigan against the Griffins. The team is welcoming their rival, the Ontario Reign, to town with a puck drop at 7 p.m. tonight. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back next week for a lot more hockey talk here on DuckStream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.